It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, October 26th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is wondering how the Flyers adjust. It's a good question. We're going to talk about that following the loss in Vegas, preview the next matchup against the Minnesota Wild, and check in on goaltending deployment all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. And as a show, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, at Locked On Flyers as well. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, still kind of recovering from that late night, early morning loss in Vegas. Uh, We talked on yesterday's show about, you know, learning lessons from that game in particular. And, you know, now that we are six, seven games into the season, I think it's appropriate that we can kind of look at the lineup and potential adjustments that they're making both, you know, game to game and within games and things like that to see, you know, how this team is responding overall. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I look at it and I say, There's definitely things they can do. I think the coaching staff is going to be hesitant in doing a lot because they feel like, you know, they're getting pretty good results. But I feel like, yeah, those results uh, aren't overwhelmingly good that you can't still rotate in and out and rotate some of your players in and out. Yeah, and I think that, you know, brings up a couple of questions. I think on the blue line, um, unfortunately, we heard that Rasmus Ristolainen isn't quite ready to return, um, that he's had a little bit of a setback. So it looks like there really won't be much change on the blue line for now. Um, And depending on what his, you know, medium to long-term status is, um, whether they use IR or any of you know long-term IR or any of that um, will probably determine what kind of call-up or not that they do, right? Right. Um, yeah, if they leave it status quo, then this is what you got. If you do something with Felix Sandstrom, then you could bring up somebody else like Ronnie Haddard and see if he maybe is a missing ingredient here. Uh, you know, maybe you sit, you know, Emil Andre a game, you see what, you know, you see what it looks like, but you can't even hope to do that with Sandstrom clogging up this roster spot. And, he, you know, just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, we'll talk talk more about that goaltending situation later in the show. But 
I do think that there is a possibility something might happen there over the next week or so. Again, depending on what's going on with Risto, uh, more uh, medium to long term. On the forward side of things, you know, the, the Morgan Frost question rears its ugly head again, right? Right. Uh, and I think there's a real easy fix here. The real easy fix is put Frost in second line center, move um, Lawton over to the wing, and let Tyson Forster sit for a game or two. It's fine to do that. Right now, he hasn't gotten off to the best start. Let's see what Frost can do there. It'll fix their four-on-four situation, at least having more speed, because clearly that's a problem. You saw that with the last couple of games. Might help the power play. Might not. That may be a whole different, you know, do a whole show on that. But definitely some other things will improve by having Frost in there. Yeah, I think, you know, you bring up the power play and obviously that's like the biggest sore spot on this team right now. Um, at least I would say it's the biggest oh, it is. No question. issue right now. And I, I feel like they that's like one area where really the adjustments that they've made on the power play have been minimal. And it's in terms of which unit they've put out first. They haven't really made any strategic adjustments here and i'm just wondering if they want to give it a certain amount of time before they do that um and they're waiting or they really like given the personnel on the team they don't think there's any other options out there well you can't think there's no other options out there if you do you're really closing yourself off and to the whole process so i don't think you can think that i think you have to look at it and say we could do better, and if nothing else, even if we're not doing better, we could get some other guys into this into the action here and get them some some reps. And I think that's the thing that John's having the hardest time with, because you know he wants to stay on this upward winning trajectory, but the longer he stays on it, the easier it is to make ex- excuses to keep Frost out of it, and maybe even calling up anybody else. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And, you know, the the talk at the beginning of the season was there was going to be some similarities to last season in terms of rotating in other guys. But I think he was pretty clear that it would take a little while before that would happen, that it wouldn't happen right away, um, just simply because he wanted to get a feel for the personnel that he has right now. And I think that's fair. And I think, you I mean, know, let's be honest, if there weren't injuries, a lot of this wouldn't be happening yet. Yeah, that that is correct. I just I'm just trying to look at um, how he's making adjustments, you know, game to game versus in game. And I think that game to game, he's kind of stuck in a lot of ways, again, because of these injuries, except for the Morgan Frost question, which, again, I think is a mistake. I think, you know, especially to get the best out of Morgan Frost, you need to have him play. And so for him to be coming in cold potentially in game seven, maybe game eight, let's say. Um, I think that that it's going to take him a little while. And I hope that they could give him the time to get, you know, used to playing in games again. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you about this. I'll, I'll tell you that uh, what was there like 30 something seconds to go in the Vegas game. And for one thing, I thought they waited too long to pull um, Carter Hart and that could be an indictment on the, on the power play in and of itself or the extra man on because they wanted to really make sure they were holding possession. But then when they got the puck, nobody seemed to be a leader out there. 
It was like all of a sudden it was like something brand new. And, you know, Vegas blew that up instantly. Like you could sniff that out. And there is absolutely no cohesion there, no confidence there. And you're not going to be able to win that many games late if the other team can see that. And that's something where that's a real big sore spot. And that even goes beyond the power play because, you know, you have the different players on for that. And it's got to be practiced more. I ha- and I hate to say it, but it really does. The the preparation for each game, I do think they're doing a real good job on matchups. I think that they're getting the best yeah, ma- matchups. Are okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're doing a good job in game in terms of getting the right matchups out there. Um, it's harder on the road, obviously, but um, I, I do think that they're really uh, good at optimizing the lineup for the opponent that they have. I just think once they get in game, they're they're struggling with a little bit of those in game adjustments to deal with like a Vegas surge, uh, right. like they had last night, and making sure that you have fresh legs. That's out not there. unpredictable. Like, you look at video, you know what they are. You knew that they would do that. That's not unpredictable. Right. And and I think that that's where maybe they could get a little better at adjustments is looking at who's got the fresh legs and maybe sometimes maybe your top line isn't the right line to put out there at that moment because they've played, let's say, 20 minutes, 22 minutes already. And you need somebody who's a little more rested. True. There's a That's a really good point. There was a point in that game where I felt like in that third period, you know, Cam Atkinson was definitely like he was blocking shots. He got crunched in the corner and probably wasn't as effective as he could be middle of that third period. And that's a, that's a good way of saying exactly what you said. I felt like he was one of those players. Yeah. And uh, there's, it's like no shade on Atkinson. No. He played a tremendous game. He had a great it's game. It's just like, you got to be situationally aware. And I, I right. think that's something that the Flyers could improve on. But uh, again, there's a lot of good and a lot of things to work on. And uh, hopefully they will be able to do that against the Minnesota Wild. We will talk about them and that game coming up next. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And the app is so easy to use. They have a wide range of betting options. They've got spreads, player props, overs, unders, so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and continue to watch this exciting NFL season. Go Birds! FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Of course, on tomorrow's show, we will recap this game that we are about to preview. So stay tuned for that. Uh, The Minnesota Wild have had um, a real interesting season thus far. 
They are three, two, and one um, in the NHL frenzy night where everybody played. Uh, they won versus the Edmonton Oilers seven to four. Absolutely tremendous offensive output from the Wild. Uh, now, Connor McDavid was out in that game. He's hurt, uh, if you weren't aware. And uh, so there was a little bit of opportunity there for the Wild in this game. Ryan Hartman got a hat trick and had a five-point night. That top line had 10 points overall. Pretty right. dominant. Um, right now, they are uh, third in the Central. and. Um, if you look at kind of who they've won against versus who they've lost against, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. So they've won against the Oilers, the Habs, and the Panthers, um, who are ostensibly weaker teams right now. Uh, they lost to the Leafs, the Kings, and the Blue Jackets in overtime. So I feel like they they lost maybe a game they should have won, and they won a game maybe they should have lost, and it all comes out in the wash, hence them being 3-2-1. and one. Yeah. I mean, I saw some of those setups for Hartman from Kaprizov, and you mm-hmm. got to watch out for that. I, I always thought Ryan Hartman would have worked out as a flyer, but they really didn't. Yeah. Use it was just one of those things. And then, you know, he did kick around a little after that until he found himself again. Because, again, in junior hockey, he was a heck of a scorer. But that went away. He all of a sudden became his fourth-line guy. And sometimes that's role and opportunity like we talked about with Barbashev. Well, you know, right now Hartman's at, like, the height of his powers as far as playing with a guy like Kaprizov. That's the thing about the Flyers is you can't just say, hey, we'll have Couturier shadow him and it's going to be the end of the problem because you need to have a better plan than that because this is a guy who will definitely get away from Couturier three or four times in the game. And then it becomes a a situation of what are we going to do? And the goalie has to be in on this too because he's a shoot or pass guy. He's a really dangerous guy in that regard. So you have that. You know, you have the veteran like Matt Zuccarello, who's certainly well familiar with playing against the Flyers. And yep. Matt Maroon is always going to have an edge playing against the Flyers because that's his original team. So you have all these things, and you have to be ready for this. Like, I do think the Flyers match up better against these guys than they did against Vegas. Uh, I don't know who's going to be in net. I'm going to still guess it's Gustafson. But this looks like this could be the last year for Marc-Andre Fleury, and I want to just note that. One of the great guys in this league, uh, won his 300 game against the Flyers with Vegas, has had a little bit of an up and down since Vegas, uh, but still playing well and breaking records. And his time in Montreal last game when he was sort of like uh, out there to the bitter end, even while guys were shooting at the last minute, kind of maybe told everybody like, because that's, you know, where he's from, that that this this could be it for him. And he wanted to kind of soak that in. So. If it's Flurry, don't expect it to be an easier game. And as Gustafson, you know, that's a guy who I'm still on the fence about whether he's a true number one, but he's, the stats back it up so far last year and this year. Yeah, I think that goalie choice for Minnesota is going to be really interesting uh, just because Marc-Andre Flurry. I think his history with the Flyers and playing the Flyers is a little fraught. And so they yeah. may want to go with the more stable uh, Gustafson who doesn't really have an emotional history playing sure. playing the Flyers. But uh, I, I do think to see Marc-Andre Fleury again uh, would be fun for us as, as Flyers fans, just uh, going back with the history there. Um, you mentioned Matt Zuccarello as the third line mate on that top line uh, with Hartman and Kaprizov and 
um, yeah, nothing to sneeze at there. And I, I think that he's had success against the Flyers over the years and um, and against Carter Hart, too. Oh, yeah. So so I think that's going to be um, uh, an important thing. Again, stopping that top line is is going to be huge. But I think you're also right in that Minnesota just doesn't have the depth like a Dallas or a Vegas have. And I think that that's where the Flyers are going to have to take advantage here is like getting those good matchups uh, against their bottom six. And in a situation like in Vegas, they couldn't get those second or third opportunities. They're going to have to work to get them against Minnesota, um, because I do think also um, that their blue line is good, but not great. And I think that uh, I, I think there should be those chances there. And they're going to have to take advantage of them. Yeah. So a couple of things. First thing is I'm happy to see Marco Rossi playing just because of the yeah. uh, the health issues that he had, because he, he's he's a really good player. And I think he just, you know, had a rough start to his career. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does. But Brock Faber is the guy to watch because uh, they traded for him. He he played 25 minutes last game. He will break down everything on the ice. He's he's really a gifted skater really great on zone entries and he knows exactly what he is going to do with the puck so when you when favor's got the puck you can't like you have to back off because you don't know where he's going to go with that puck and what he's going to set up and i think he's a really key guy for the flyers defensively depending on who they have against them on the ice because that's a guy who can cause trouble he's not a huge point guy but already on the season you know he's point four uh plus four and like i said he's playing 25 26 minutes a night sometimes but they're all, they're smart minutes and he controls the puck a lot. I think as far as special teams go, this is going to be a really crucial moment for the Flyers um, should they get power play opportunities. And I think they have the guys that are really good at drawing penalties. We've seen that. Um, yeah. So they should be able to get the opportunities there. Um, you know, the Minnesota Wild penalty kills at 79%. It's worse than the Flyers. I mean, it's yeah. still pretty decent, but it's still pretty respectable, though. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like not as good as the Flyers penalty kill. Um, and so they're really going to have to step it up this time, like we just talked about in the first segment, make some adjustments and mm -hmm. figure out something different and give the Minnesota Wild a different look because I think that. Um, we've reached the point where the Flyers have given pretty much the same look on the power play so far, and it hasn't worked. So they they have to switch something up here yeah. um, to to maybe have a chance at getting those additional goals. And um, you know, Minnesota is a very respectable seventeen point four percent on the power play so far. So um, I'm not as worried about the Flyers' penalty kill, obviously, but you know, they're going to have to still play tough because that, that is a pretty good power play. Yeah. There are going to be some games. I mean, again, until the flyers can prove they can score on the power play teams are going to just take liberties. They're going to be like, all right, look, if I get caught, we can kill off the flyers power play. You've got to make them pay for that. And they haven't made anybody pay for that. And there's going to be a time where that's costing them games because if you go zero for five on the power play as an example, so yeah, this would be a good time to get it started. I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, betting that would be a bad thing to bet on. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, struggle every day. Um, I think 
uh, also the other thing is that uh, they really are going to have to, um, like we talked about uh, against Vegas, is really get that shot distribution um, from all areas of the ice to be successful. We've seen that work for them. Um, and I think that that's something that the Wild would be less prepared for defensively. I think that they're much more systematic and looking for the same thing uh, from opponents. And, you know, if you look at the zone time stats, the Flyers have the edge here in this season oh. so far in terms of offensive zone dominance in terms of being in their defensive zone less they're able to get through the neutral zone um i I think that really being stand up at the blue line defensively is going to be important to be able to turn the puck the other way quickly and confuse this minnesota wild defense yeah i mean they're missing the wild you know are missing some of their you know defensemen so there's a little bit of a weakness here now and you got to take advantage of it. You do. And and I think this is a game where I think the top line could have a good game. Yeah, I think so, too. So looking for Sean Couturier to get one in the net in this game. We're looking for maybe Morgan Frost to check into this one. And uh, just for good measure, let's get Scott Lawton on the board as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and remember, there's no Matt Boldy in this either. So because Boldy, yeah. I think, was a guy that was given the Flyers problems last year but yeah so yeah you got to take advantage this is not a full strength team right now and this is one where you could you know actually make some headway you know no Spurgeon no Goligoski that's that's an opportunity yeah absolutely all right uh we will talk about the results of this game on tomorrow's show in the meantime There is still this dangling goaltending question with the Flyers. We're going to talk about Carter Hart's season so far and goaltending usage coming up next. You know that feeling when your favorite Flyers player scores a hat trick? If you want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on the Sleeper app. As the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On Network, Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey. With Sleeper, you could win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Fan could also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper, and entries could be made in under a minute. With elite players like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Austin Matthews, plus the new guys like Connor Bedard, all you need to do is make more or less picks on stats for these stars. Choose from stats like goals, assists, save, plus, minus, and more. To win 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flyers fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can win, start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational av- availability. So, Russ, uh, we are a little ways into the season, and we have seen uh, in the six games the Flyers have played Carter Hart start in five of them. And I would say uh, that Carter Hart is off to a pretty good start so far. Yeah, no question. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. He's definitely locked in. 
he's making the most of whatever defense is in front of him that night, and I think it's been spotty at times. But, yeah, I mean, no problem with Carter Hart. You're never going to complain about him. No, I don't think so either. And, uh, you know, if you kind of look at the structure and the plan for this season, I think that we knew that Carter Hart was going to get a lot of starts, but we also know from history that he needs his rest. He absolutely does. And um, again, we've only seen Sam Erson in one game um, so far. Do you, because we haven't had any back-to-backs, like, do you think it's been okay that they've done that? No, I don't think it's been okay. I look around the league and I see most backups have played at least two games. Uh, you can find some exceptions, but mostly they have. So I don't think the rotation has been exactly right. I get riding the hot hand, but I don't get it at the expense of not having Ursan in. And Ursan was a little rusty last game. And the only way you're going to get him to not be rusty is to play more. And so I think, you know, as an example, I would put him in against the wild. Like, because again, I get with Vegas why you would have Carter Hart in. That's fine. But you've got to find a spot. Now, if you, I think the next game is Anaheim. If you're waiting for that, that's fine. But I know they generally like to play hard at home more than they play backups at home. So I don't know. I don't know when he's getting his next game. But it's got to be one of those two games. Carter Hart is kind of teetering in the top 10-ish of in the league for goaltenders so far who've played like three or more games, let's say. Um, you know, I think that we know what the blue line in front of him looks like. And we saw, especially in this game against Vegas, like he's got to do a lot of work. And oh, no. he, um, he was tired in that Vegas game. There's no question about it. Yeah. And so that's where like getting Urson in to get him some rest, I think would be helpful. And I do wonder if they'll put Urson in against Minnesota. Uh, just again, because it's a road game and you're right, they like to play Carter Hart at home. Um, but I, I'm not sure, just given that they want to rebound from a loss, that they would want to change out the goaltender. Like I could see it going either way. No, I could see it going either way. And, you know, then we have to talk about Felix Sandstrom and, and his conundrum, just sitting on the bench as the backup. So Hart could, you know, mentally have a day off. That's great for Hart. It's bad for Sandstrom. It doesn't do anything for him. Uh, right now, Tampa's getting great goaltending out of Jonas Johansson, which is surprising because he's kicked around the league a lot. And I think he's three and one. He's got like a nine seventeen. And then Tompkins, Matt Tompkins isn't doing so well as the backup. But again, how long are you going to worry as an organization? And there's a few others that are carrying three, three goalies to wonder what Tampa is going to do. Like at some point you have to weigh what's more important, losing Sandstrom to Tampa or having flexibility on my blue line, which is now really battered up at the beginning of the season because of, you know, um, Bristow being set back. So which is it? I'm sending Sandstrom down and I'm crossing my fingers, but if he gets taken, he gets taken. I've got to have this flexibility on the blue line now. I can't keep waiting. Right. And, and that adds another question is, do you put Sandstrom in for a game? I mean, instead I mean, of Ursa. continue to be here, yes. Eventually, I have to find a game for him. So that that's imperative too. But I can't do it at the expense of Urson. So this has to be a game where maybe Hart says, yeah, you know, um, I'm a little tired or whatever. And you, you replace him with Hart in the next four or five games. Maybe you put him in then. But 
if not, he's just not going to play for a while, which is bad for him. Yeah, it's bad for him. And it's, I think, also potentially not bad in terms of him getting picked up. Because if they decide to send him through waivers and he has not played, I think that would give you know teams a little bit of a hesitation that we don't know what he right. looks like. Sure. Right now. And so that could be part of it strategically. And it's it's not a bad thought. I mean, somebody's got to blink first with all these teams with the three goalies. And I just look at it like do it while Johansson's doing really well, because maybe they're not going to worry about the backup spot. I think they were just worried about who's going to be in at all. And they're getting some results. So maybe try it while they're getting some results. Yeah, that could be it too. But it's just a real interesting problem to have, again, especially with both Stahl and Risto Hurt. We really do want that flexibility with some potential call-ups here, uh, you know, to deal with that situation. So um, I certainly hope Felix Sandstrom lands on his feet, whether it's getting in with the Flyers, whether it's being on the Phantoms or somewhere else. Um, He certainly deserves it. But I do think that it is a question that needs to be answered sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, look, Anthony Stellars went through this years ago, right? And he's had a pretty good career. You can't hold back the guy's career forever. That's my whole point. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow with a recap of the Wild game, a preview of that Ducks game that Russ referred to. And as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in those mailbag questions via the app formerly known as Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail or comment over on our YouTube channel. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.